Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome in. The Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report is ready to go. Of course, this is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, reading from Studio B on the campus at Airline Drive. This is the headquarters, of course, of the Saints and the Pelicans, and both teams are very busy today. The Pelicans are back home after a big win last night over the Rockets, 99-90. And they now prepare for a back-to-back this weekend against the Blazers and the Thunder. That ought to be entertaining. And, of course, the Saints are in full prep mode here uh, on this Friday as they get ready for Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. So there's a lot going on. The weather's not great, but, man, it is buzzing around the building here on Airline Drive today. We've got a great show for you as well. That certainly reflects what's uh, what's going on here in the building as John DeShazer will stop by and give us his thoughts on how the week has progressed now for the New Orleans Saints and his thoughts on what's to happen this weekend. We'll also preview the football game on Sunday with the NFL's NFL on Fox's Kevin Burkhart. He has the call with John Lynch and Pam Oliver, and he's been kind enough to stop by again. He's in town, as a matter of fact, already and is getting set for his call on Sunday as well. And then, of course, we've got the big NBA news, uh, aside from the Pelicans, in the Southwest Division last night, Dallas made a lot of noise by trading for Rajon Rondo. And Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports will be here with us to uh, give us his thoughts on that trade and its impact not only on the Southwest Division but the Western Conference in general. So a very busy Friday for us. A good way to end the week, that's for sure, in front of a great sports weekend in New Orleans. As we mentioned, Pelicans at home on Saturday night against the Blazers and then the Sunday kickoff against the Atlanta Falcons. So... Man, this is the you know as busy as it is. This is the best time of the year for sure. And by the way, it, it's so much better coming in here on a Friday morning when uh, the Pelicans uh, arrive home with a win and a good road win at that last night by beating the Rockets 99-90. Another big game for Anthony Davis. Davis led the way with 30 points, 14 rebounds, two steals, and five block shots. Ho hum! <laughs> it's the third time he's put up a line like that uh, here in his young career. Nobody else in the league is doing anything like this right now. And this is just, it's crazy. And uh, it it was impressive in front of a sold-out crowd last night at Toyota Center. I don't want to underestimate the value of Dante Cunningham in last night's game and in the nine he's played now for New Orleans. He had 15 off the bench 
a huge three that came at a key time last night for the Pelicans. And uh, he and Ryan Anderson combined for 31 points off the Pelicans bench. That certainly was a a large piece of the win, especially without the services of Tyreek Evans, who uh, sat out last night with a bruised knee. With all that, the Pelicans are now 13-12 and 12 overall and uh, find themselves with two Southwestern, Southwest Division wins already on the season and a much-needed road win uh, in this stretch here where it was going to be a little touchy as far as whether momentum would slide and get away from you or you'd have something going into this weekend against Portland and Oklahoma City. After the ball game, obviously, head coach Monty Williams pleased with his team's effort. Coach, congratulations. Nice win here in the division and on the road tonight. Yeah, this was one of those games. I told the guys uh, at the end, this is one where you just thank God and move on. Um, We didn't. I think there were like 20 people who thought we'd win tonight, and they were all in that locker room and uh, maybe a few out here. Uh, But that's all we had, and we certainly feel good about the win, but the way we played, um, it felt like practice. You know, that's how our practices are, where we, it's like a fight. And um, our guys were uh, good when we needed to be. We, you know, they had a run. We withstood that and uh, were able to get the lead back. And then guys just made play after play after play. Our defense in the fourth quarter, again, uh, helped us out, holding them to 22 points. And, um, it's just a great win for us. It's two this week, Coach. We've, you've trailed going to the fourth and just yeah. found a way. Yeah, we, you know, we, we've always been a, a no excuses, no explanation team, and we also never give in. Uh, and I think our guys uh, are just built that way. Uh, we coach that way. And um, they, we played against a really good team tonight. And when you win against a really good team, you don't want to try to get too deep about it. You just want to take it and move on. And so... We had a no-quit attitude, and we beat a good team. We feel good about that. How good was Dante Cunningham off the bench for you, Coach? Yeah, he was tremendous, uh, knocking down shots defensively. Um, 50-50 balls were the, the things that stood out to me. Uh, he and Drew picked up a couple of 50-50 balls in the backcourt that we weren't getting in the first part of the game. And that's the thing. You, you can't coach that. That's just something he has. And he innately knows how to make plays like that, and it really helps our team. If you go back to the start of the game, you needed almost Anthony Davis to kind of get you out of the blocks a little bit. Yeah, without Tyreek, we needed scoring right away. So AD um, was knocking down jumper after jumper, and they put Dwight on him right away. So it kind of messed everyone up. We didn't know they were going to put Dwight on him to start the game. And he got open a few times, and his jumper was flowing. And I think that opened it up for everything else in this game. All right, so the Pelicans are winners. They're back home tomorrow night. By the way, tickets, I think, start as low as $18. I don't think there's very many left. They're expecting a big crowd for a 6 o'clock tip-off against the Blazers tomorrow night, uh, and then they play on Sunday at Oklahoma City. Uh, we'll take them one, of the game, one game at a time. And uh, uh, tomorrow, by the way, if you're in the holiday spirit, you'll really enjoy the game. Every year, the Pelicans do a holiday ornament, and once again this year, it's brought to you by People's Health. The first, I want to say 8,000 in the building tomorrow night will receive the annual holiday ornament. So that tradition continues, and we should have a good time for sure. All right, more basketball a little bit later when we bring in Mark Spears from Yahoo. We're going to get his thoughts on the Rondo situation. But up next, we need to jump into our football conversation for this Friday, our last of the week here as we get set for uh, the Saints and the Falcons. John DeShazer and then Kevin Burkhart next.
I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun, interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Still to come, Kevin Burkhardt from the NFL on Fox. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports talking about the Rajon Rondo situation in Dallas, though. Here to join us in segment number two, though, is our own John DeShazer, partner in crime on Pelicans broadcast, senior chief, senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com. Good to see you, my friend. Must be a slow Friday for me to be in here. No, you're top billing, my friend. <laughs> now, look, I've been in Houston with the basketball team, which was a nice win last night. We'll talk more about that as we go along today. But uh, you've been um, embedded again with the Saints as they prepare for the Falcons this weekend. So I wanted to pull you in to get your uh, take on how the week's gone so far. Um, yeah, short week, and uh, these guys have – figured out how to win on short weeks. They played on Monday night, so Sunday game, that's a little bit short week by NFL standards. It's not the Sunday to Sunday, and uh, they've done it twice this season and won both the games when they've been on short weeks. In fact, I did a little research going back to 2009. Uh, they're 11-4 and four in short weeks, so for whatever that's worth. But, uh, yeah, preparation's been great from, uh, from what we hear from the players. Now, obviously, Wednesday was not the typical Wednesday. They went through a walkthrough as opposed to going in, doing any uh, shoulder pass, any really heavy deal because they played on Monday night. But everything seems to be pretty good, pretty good, uh, full goal. These guys aren't too high, obviously. They've had some wins this year, and I think they are one in four following wins this year. So that will humble you, humble you down more than anything. Do you get the sense that there's a new lease on life for not only just the Saints, but I guess the Falcons too to some extent? Well, Falcons, Saints, and Carolina, man. I mean, you know, Saints are 6-8, and eight and they lead the division. And everybody, you know, those three teams feel like pretty much if they went out, they might win the division. So, you know, all of them have to have to feel pretty good about where they stand from the standpoint of if you just win, you give yourself at least a good chance. Uh, the Saints, obviously, if they went out, they win the division. If the Falcons went out, they say they win the division. But although I think I think that might be different, Carolina, if they win out, they'll beat they'll beat out Atlanta because they only have eight losses. And the Falcons have nine. So everybody feels good about their chances if they went out. So, and that's what makes it pretty pretty exciting, even though you know everybody in the, in the division is below 500. J.D., the tone uh, the Bears week was quite clear and focused here on campus. I mean, there was the quote-unquote sense of urgency, basically that there is no tomorrow kind of mentality. Zach Streif had said that the practices were a little more intense, a little bit longer, a little more physical, all those things. Do you sense that even here in a short week, um, even though one of those days was, I guess, a walkthrough, as you m mentioned technically, do you get the sense that that's carried over this week? 
are they continuing the same theme for Atlanta? Yeah, exactly. Um, they're pretty focused. And I, again, I think a lot of it has to do with having not had success uh, after wins. They haven't been able to string together a two-game. They've only had one two-game winning streak this season. So there's nothing for this team to be chesty about, and they have acted that way. Uh, they don't feel particularly like they've you know overwhelmed anything. I mean, yeah, they won a great game in Chicago, um, but they've had some good wins this year and haven't been able to follow them up. So that's been enough to keep them in line in terms of having to focus where it's supposed to be. Health-wise, what do we know about the Saints here on Friday? Uh, we know that Akeem Hicks, the defensive end, uh, left tackle Teron Armstead, and safety Jamarcus Sanford, who started the last game. None of those guys have practiced so far this week. Uh, we will continue to monitor because you know um, Armstead uh, didn't do a lot of practicing last week, but he played. And However, Bryce Harris ended up finishing the last two games for him. Uh, Akeem Hicks is pretty critical on the de defensive line, although Tyron Walker will probably get a little bit more snaps and then they might shift some guys around in terms of the packages. And Sanford made a start uh, at safety in place of Kenny Vaccaro. However, Kenny Vaccaro, obviously, a full-time starter, so he can go easily slide back into the starting lineup. Interesting. All right, you've been to all the press conferences this week. You've been in the locker room a couple of times now. Who's had the best quote of the week? Who stood out with uh, regard to speaking with the media? Well, now, I didn't hear it directly, but, I'm, you know, the reports are that uh, Keenan Lewis, the cornerback, and you know Keenan, yeah. um, said that uh, the Saints were pretty much going to give the Falcons their bur burial. And um, some guy from, the, I think, Will Weatherspoon from the Falcons, who isn't even playing, uh, did a little trash talk. But for the most part, these guys have been pretty calm about it because, you know, like even Roddy White, the receiver from Atlanta, who has talked more than anybody can ever imagine, and anybody who saw Hard Knocks knows that Roddy White is a character. But Roddy White's like, look, you know, there's nothing to say. The game's big enough. You know, the teams don't like each other. There's enough at stake. So there's nothing they're going to say, you know, speaking of the Saints, that's going to make us, you know, any more urgent about what we're doing. And I think it goes the same way this way. I mean, if, if you need a guy to say something now to jack you up, you're probably in the wrong business. I think for Saints fans, one of the most important reads of a weekend is J.D.'s five things to watch going into each of the uh, Saints football games that I'm assuming will be up again on NewOrleansaints.com here shortly. You want to give us a preview of your five things to watch for the weekend? Of course not, because they got to read. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we'll be talking about, uh, about uh, Matt Ryan and the Saints revamped secondary. That's something to watch, as well as uh, Drew Brees, who has had some – you know, he's had a season where – you look at it, and statistically, when you look at it, it's like this is a great season, and yet you don't always get the feel that it's been as good a season as it actually has been. And so that's something to watch. And we're talking about the Saints' pass rush on seven sacks against Chicago, which was huge in, in, in beating the Bears on the road. Interesting. All right. I've said interesting like five times, but I just find the whole week intriguing, to say the least. It's, it's intriguing to me because of this. We are sitting – as Saints fans, Saints staffers, Saints players, coaches, and everything else, in my eyes, we're sitting exactly where I thought we would be going into this weekend's play. A big game against the Falcons to pretty much to decide the, the, the division. Yeah. Regardless of record, regardless of all that's happened, I thought all along, even in West Virginia, I thought, boy, look at that December game against Atlanta. I bet you it's all there in that weekend 
for this thing. Yeah, if it weren't for the record, I think everybody felt the exact same way, and, and the circumstances are exactly what you want. Now, you know, did you hope that the Saints would be playing for a chance to, you know, just host a wild card game? No, you hope for a home field advantage, obviously. But in terms of the stakes, winning the division, like you mentioned, yeah, they're exactly where you want to be. I mean, you know, six and eight ain't what you want, but playing for a division championship and a home playoff game is always the first goal. I mean, that's the goal stepping, you know, stepping off the bus at training camp, stepping off the plane or whatever. That's the first goal, win your division, get a home playoff game, and go from there. Then you take your chances. So the Saints are exactly in a great position. Did you catch any of the Jaguars-Titans last night? Um. No, I was primarily <laughs> watching. Watching, uh, I was watching the Pels, man. I was watching the Pels ah, yes. get down in Houston, and uh, and then and heard a little bit of you guys on the radio too. And uh, but no, I did not watch that tilt. I know that somebody inched a little bit closer to the uh, Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota sweepstakes. Doesn't really matter which one. Uh, too awful. I mean, that's that's a game. If it wasn't a Thursday night game, I'm sure they would have flexed out of it if the, if possible. But since it's Thursday night and they're kind of locked in, and you know, you can't just you know, snatch teams around and give them that short week like that then. But that is that was a horrific game to be on this late in the season. I thought yesterday I read one of the best tweets of the week about that game, and it was from a good friend of ours, Benjamin Hockman, who formerly of the Times-Picayune, now columnist for the Denver Post, tweeted out yesterday afternoon, he said, I'm pretty sure that even the parents of the players are not going to be watching this game tonight. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, now, one guy's parents was watching. I, I can't remember the guy's name. Guy got a sack on the last play of the game, and it's like a $600,000 bonus. Yes. I can't remember what the dude's name is, but God bless him and his agent for putting that in his contract because uh, whatever the clause is, whatever the bonus clause is, he collected and he got up, hopped up and did the Johnny Manziel Money sign, which I'm getting sick of seeing, by the way. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, he earned himself some money. It was on the last play last of the game. Last play. Yes. Interesting. Six hundred grand. All right. Well earned. There you go. Yeah. Um, all the best this weekend with the Saints, of course. Uh, thank you, sir. Yourself the same. Uh, we'll hopefully, uh, we will pull uh, the Pels through on Saturday night against Portland. And, uh, and then you head to what, OKC? I go to OKC. Yeah, you will so, be at the Dome on Sunday. Yeah, so if you get a chance, just uh, you know, step on Kevin Durant's foot for me and, uh, and see if that will slow him down a little bit. Although Russell Westbrook looks pretty uh, – and you know what? Russell Westbrook's going to be a little bit angry because when they came here and the Pels beat him, Drew Holiday kind of took his lunch money. Mm-hmm, he did. And Russell Westbrook ain't the type to forget a guy who took his lunch money. He's going to want his lunch money back. Especially at home. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so hopefully Drew will be up to the challenge again. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. So we're going to clone ourselves. Uh, J.D. and I will have both teams covered throughout the weekend. We'll have help from Daniel, of course. Um, but here's what we're hoping for. Two Pels wins and a Saints win. And well, then we'll celebrate on Monday. How about that? Yeah, make a little pill sandwich, baby. Sandwich it around the Saints win, <laughs> and then we can go ahead and, and get rolling into the holiday. And only you in this room would be able to come up with that. <laughs> Is it always about food, J.D.? It's always about food, man. You can relate food to everything. Amen this, this to that. New Orleans. What, what else are we going to do? All right, we'll see you on the radio on Saturday night. Yes, sir. And we'll see you on screen on Sunday at NewOrleansSaints.com and your Saints mobile app. That's John DeShazer. We'll continue our Saints-Falcons uh, preview with Kevin Burkhart from the NFL on Fox right after this. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. 
Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Time to welcome back one of our favorite guests here on the Black and Blue Report. That's Kevin Burkhardt from the NFL on Fox. You know it's a big game when Kevin's in town, and he is in town, literally in New Orleans, getting set for the call this weekend of the Saints and the Falcons. It's up to you, Kevin. You're the man to wrap up our coverage this week. You're the anchor and uh, get the last word in as we talk about this football game this weekend. That's a lot of pressure, Sean, but it's, uh, hey, I always love coming out with you. I'm excited, you know, I mean, I, I, uh, I can't wait for this game on Sunday. I mean, you know, these, these, these teams always seem to play exciting games. I don't know that it can get any, any more excited than the first game they played. Obviously, Saints fans like to have the results a little different, but, um, I mean, this is what you want, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be fun, so I, I can't wait. I'm excited to be back in town. When you focus in on the game, how, how much in the moment are you going to be with your partner, and how much do you have to reflect on the roller coaster ride that both teams have been on? Well, I think you have to do a little of both. I mean, I, I think, though, I think our job is, you know, you have to give background, obviously, and you have to, you know, for all the diehard Saints and Falcons fans watching, there's plenty of people who don't really know all the details about both of these teams that are watching across the country, you know? So um, I think you have to give background. You have to give uh, some details and, and stories, but I think the most important thing that we do on Sunday is forward the story. You know, whether that's, you know, things that are happening right in front of us, whether that's things we think are going to happen later in the game or, you know, stuff that the coaches and players told us in our production meetings on Friday and Saturday that, um, you know, we kind of see if they, what they thought would happen is happening and things like that. So I think that's also a very important part about what we do. Kevin, you watch a lot of films, so I know that you've already probably dialed in on the uh, Saints' last game against the Chicago Bears. You're a more objective than I am because obviously of where I sit um, and where you sit. Did you watch the, the, the Saints-Bears game and say to yourself, the Saints have maybe turned the corner or they're taking a step, or did you just say, boy, Chicago's really bad? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I cannot believe that at this point of the year the Bears' offense looks like it does with all those weapons. You know, I saw them earlier in the year. Uh, initially, we had them earlier in the year, and I was like, man, this team, and the game I had, they got beat up by the Packers, but you're just thinking, man, they get it together. You know, they got so many weapons on offense, and uh, they're a disaster. But I think with the Saints, Sean, you know, the thing is, yeah, they look really, really good. And I, I love the way that they responded to Sean's message about, you know, urgency and, you know, how he changed the lineup and tweaked a couple things and released Morgan and things like that. But, you know, it's hard to it's hard to figure it because, you know, I watch that game and you, and you see that, and then I go back and watch the game before, and you're like, wait a second, that was the same team I just watched. So it's really hard to figure out the Saints, um, you know, from an outsider's point of view because one week they do look great, the next week they don't. And by and large, you know, defensively, so much of their personnel is really similar to what it was last year, you know, albeit for the last couple of games with the changes. So 
So they are hard to figure out on a consistency level. I do like the way Drew is playing, that's for sure. I mean, the last uh, you know three, four games, he's been terrific. So uh, that has been a real, real plus. You'll be at practice here shortly. What do you watch? What do you watch on Friday when you go to a team's camp and watch their practice? Well, I think it depends on the situation. So, you know, um, first thing you watch is, you know, who's playing. You know, we're lucky in, in the sense that doing these national broadcasts, we get to see the entire practice. Now, you know, there's a caveat to that. You can't, you know, you kind of have to have the honor code. You can't, I can't go tweeting anything or telling anybody anything or, you know, you have to save it for, for Sunday. But if you see something there that's noticeable, uh, you could bring it up to the coaches and players and you have ammunition for Sunday. Um, whether it's a lineup change, whether it's a new set they were running. You know, maybe, for example, not that New Orleans would do this today, Sean, but maybe, you know, they're practicing the Wildcat. You see somebody is using a certain thing or they're throwing off a reverse. All these things that, that maybe can come into use, you know. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, uh, actually it was last year, excuse me, first game of the year we're doing the Jets, and we're watching their practice, and they're practicing this halfback option. And like, well, that's good to know. You know, if if this guy gets the ball, I have to remember as a play-by-play guy, keep your eyes down the field. You know, that that could be coming. It's just kind of a good reminder. Well, that play didn't happen in our game. That play happened week 14 against Carolina. But uh, it's just kind of it's a neat look into what you see. You know, last week we had the Browns and Johnny Manziel, and we had the Browns actually two weeks in a row, which was which was not necessarily normal. But the practices were completely different with the two different quarterbacks in terms of the stuff they were running and things like that. So you're trying to watch a little bit of everything. I mean, first and foremost, it's the lineup and changes of who's out there with the first teamers. Uh, but then you're really just watching for little nuances and anything you can pick up that maybe you could ask in the meetings that follow. You weren't supposed to have that Browns game last weekend, were you? <laughs> no, 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 no. We were, uh, we were on the schedule going to Green Bay, Buffalo, and got a call Wednesday at 2 o'clock after – after Mike Patton officially announced Johnny Manziel, I said, hey, guess what? Your plane tickets for change are going to Cleveland. And um, you know what, Sean, as you know, for a guy that prepares for all these sports, uh, that was three days of preparation down the tubes. <laughs> and I had to kind of restart, and, uh, and off to Cleveland we went to see Johnny Manziel's first game. Was it exciting, or was it a downer in the end? Well, I, it was exciting to go. I mean, I, I loved watching him play in college. So I was excited to do the game, and plus, it was a you know it was a big game, and Bengals were trying to hold out a first place. The Browns were kind of hanging on uh, to their playoff lives, uh, so I, I was excited to do the game. Um, but yeah, obviously, the the outcome, uh, you know, he, he was he was terrible. You know, it didn't work out. It wasn't just him; the, the Browns were terrible as a whole, um, and the Bengals played great. So uh, I was really excited to go, but the game was one sided. It happens sometimes. We haven't asked you about the Falcons yet. Obviously, the other side of the story here this weekend. Uh, Kevin Burkhardt from the NFL on Fox with us. What's jumped out at you about Atlanta this week in your prep? Well, I think this. You know, uh, there's their offense has really turned it up a gear. You know, uh, uh, they really have it. And it's no, no coincidence that Julio Jones. Now, you know, can he play this weekend? That's going to be the big question. I mean, it seems like he's going to, but he hasn't practiced. Uh, and we'll see if he practices today. He might not. Um but, you know, he, he has taken it to a whole other level. I mean, he leads the league in receiving now. You know, he had 448 yards, two games before missing last week. But, really, I think their entire offense has gotten better the last three, four weeks. They're running the ball better. Matt Ryan has played at an extremely high level. The only thing that's hindered Matt Ryan is the fact that he's thrown two really bad interceptions at kind of momentum-killing times. You know, in the Green Bay game, 
Um, they're trailing, what was that score? I think it was 10-7 to 7 Packers, and, and the Falcons are driving in the second quarter. And he threw a bad pick to Morgan Burnett, uh, and then the Packers scored, and it changed the whole momentum of the game. And the Falcons hung in. They kept coming, and they kept coming, but they came up short. And then against Pittsburgh last week, the defense kind of hung on. They held the Steelers to two field goals after two drives, and then he threw a pick six. Uh, and, again, Falcons came back. They hung in. But, you know, there's not a lot of margin for error for this team right now, Sean. The offense, you know, despite those two picks, they've been playing at a high level. They're blocking. They've got, you know, five offensive linemen on IR or whatever it is, and they're actually blocking pretty well. Um, but their issue is it's just like the Saints. It's defense. They can't get off the field. I mean, for two years, their issues have been the same. They can't sack the quarterback. They can't get off the field on third down. Uh, and, and they're not very good in the red zone. So really, the way the Falcons do it is they bend, they hopefully don't break, and they really need a turnover, which they've been getting at a pretty high rate this year. If they don't turn you over, they have no chance to stop you. So that's the Falcons right now. They can score with the best of them. Uh, they can't really stop you, but they can score. So uh, if you have any sense of trying to uh, you get a couple of three and outs from them, you'll probably win the game. It's interesting you brought up Matt Ryan's interceptions. Um, I think he's thrown an interception, at least one in nine of his games. Um, and they're one and eight in those games. Yet no other NFC South team has intercepted Matt Ryan this season. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, and Matt's numbers are, are are fantastic, Sean. He's got you know sixty six percent. He's over four thousand yards. He's got twenty seven touchdowns and twelve interceptions. But you know, I, I think even for Drew earlier in the year, and you know better, you're around every game. I mean, I, I've watched almost all the Saints games this year, and I've done a, I think three of them now. Yep. But. He had a couple that were that were ill-timed, too. You know, I mean, I think about the 49ers game going into the half when he threw in the triple coverage at the end of the half. You know, it's sometimes you can have the greatest year in monster games, but just, you know, the timing of certain plays. And the problem is when your team doesn't have a lot of margin for error, you point to that. So, um, look, Matt, Matt Ryan is not the Falcons' problem right, right now. He's performing at a really high level. And you're right. He's performed very well against the South, exceptionally well against the South. So, I mean, I see nothing in this that, that points to it not being a high-scoring game. But that being said, watch it be 10-7. You know, you know how that goes. No doubt. I think you're walking into a fun atmosphere this weekend. I think Saints fans and the Saints themselves are ready to put uh, to rest this uh, problem here at home. Uh, and it could be a little nutso on Sunday. I got to tell you, you know, last time, and you know, we've talked a number of times now, last time um, I was here was the 49er game. It was the first time I was in New Orleans. Of all the sports traveling I'd done and, and doing that, I thought I'd never done a game here. And I loved it. I mean, it, it was such a great time. And the town's phenomenal. The, 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 the fans, the atmosphere was great. Um, so I would expect this place to get the roof blown off it on, on Sunday. I really do. I think it's going to be just an awesome atmosphere. And you, know, you, you pointed it out when, when you called me a little while ago. I think, I think you hit it. You know, a lot of people – um, thought that this division would come down to these two teams. Who cares if the records aren't what they thought they are? But essentially, and I know Carolina's right in the mix, but essentially the division's coming down to these two teams, I think. So mm. it, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, who picked the dinner spot for tonight? Uh, the dinner spot tonight, last time it was John Lynch. We went to uh, Gautreaux's, uh last last time, which was fantastic. Um, this time, I believe we were going to uh, Louisiana Kitchen, which has uh, been around for forever, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, so, you'll be right um, down the heart of really it. Really? What's that, Sean? I said you'll be right down in the heart of it down there if I think that's where you're going, to K-Paul's. So. 
Yeah, that's yeah. it. So yes. uh, I can't wait to get back tonight. <laughs> it's going to be fun, man. Very cool. Uh, I hope that you have a great weekend. I know it's raining and nasty today, but you'll be inside at practice, and then we should have great weather for the weekend. So glad you're here, and, I, and as always, I appreciate you coming on the show with us. Look forward to seeing you, my friend. All yes. right, enjoy, your, enjoy it on Sunday. All right, Kevin Burkhardt from the NFL on Fox with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Appreciate his time as always. We'll continue here on this Friday in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Football fans, travel to Shreveport, Bossier City on Saturday, December 27th and attend the 39th annual Duck Commander Independence Bowl. One of the oldest bowl games in the country, this year's matchup features the Miami Hurricanes taking on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. While in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report. As we continue here from Studio B in New Orleans, the uh, Pelicans winners last night over the Rockets, 99-90. But I want to have a little basketball conversation with uh, one of our most reliable guests, and that's Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports. Mark, big night for the Southwest Division last night. Of course, we're all pleased that the Pelicans got a road win at Houston. But, wow, how about Rajon Rondo to the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, that's huge. I mean, if you recall, I covered Rajon in, in Boston and saw his evolution from who's that, and he's going to be the point guard of the big three to an all-star. And uh, I think it's a, a huge, huge acquisition for Dallas. Um, not only does he bring some much-needed perimeter defense, um, he makes everybody better. Uh, he's a great kind of like traffic cop. Uh, he, he doesn't have any problem telling whether it's, uh, you know, Dirk or Monte what to do. And I, I think he takes him up to another level. It's funny, you know, Russell Westbrook, after the game, I asked him, what do you think about Rondo? And he basically said uh, he, he, he doesn't. <laughs> like, he wasn't worried about it. But I, I do think that this move um, not only solidifies uh, Dallas's spot in the playoffs, but also makes him a, a real contender when last Saturday against the Warriors, the way they got whooped up, I think that pushed them to make this decision. And, you know, at that time they were, to me, a team that, you know, possibly could be one that uh, that might be a little shaky in the end of making the postseason. Wow. So you're really high on this deal then. And you think it's going to have a significant impact on the Western Conference landscape, huh? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say this, but I, I think the same eight teams, I know this isn't what New Orleans wants to hear, but the same eight teams that made it last year, I'd be shocked if it's not the same eight teams again. Um, everybody is, is too good. Scotty Brooks said this is, he, he's surprised that the West could even get better um, than, he, than it already is. Um, so I'm really, really curious to see the playoffs. I can't wait to get to the playoffs, but 
I want to see a Pelicans and a, and, and a Kings really fight to try to change what is expected or what is projected. And um, it's, it's, I'm telling you what, man, there's going to be some disappointed teams in the West when they see that they win like 42 or 43 games and can't get in, and then you see some of the garbage at the end of the Eastern Conference end up getting to the playoffs. Would this would would this be well? Hold on, let me before I get to that. Do, you know, Dallas gives up a, a key piece in Brandon Wright. Jay Crowder certainly helped them. Did they are they tinkering too much with the highest scoring offense in the NBA, or you want to say that this is the right deal? You know, it's interesting. I had um, a scout coming yesterday. Oh, actually, an assistant coach they really think that losing Brandon Knight is going to have a negative effect on Dallas. Like, that he played a big role in their success, and that's going to be a huge, huge loss for him. Um, but I, countering that with Rondo, I think the Rondo addition is, is too too big to turn away from. And, and I think they, they got a steal of a deal for him. I mean, come on. They didn't. Their, their whole pick for next year is protected. Like, how did Boston make a deal? And and I mean, it's a, I find it hard to believe that if Danny Ainge said, "You know what? I'm not making the deal unless that 2015 pick is unprotected," that Dallas would have said no. Hmm. I, I was really shocked by that, but I, I do think that you know their bench takes a big hit. And losing Brandon Brandon Wright is going to hurt a little bit too, but the addition of Rondo is huge for him. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm with you. I just need to see it from a different angle, and and certainly you've you've helped me do that. Back to what you're saying about the West, though, real quick, and then then we'll let you get back to what you got to do. I know you're uh, getting ready for a big weekend on the West Coast, but Mark, you know, out of the teams that you said are already there that were there last year, I just don't see how some of these teams can sustain this level of play that they're currently on right now, um, somebody's going to have to suffer some kind of a, an incident or a schedule hiccup or something. Is it possible that seven of those teams right now could sustain this winning percentage the rest of the way? It just seems impossible to me. Um, well, they got to play each other. Yeah. So you're going to have more games like that, which I, I actually think that – it may, I mean, there's no way the records all stay this great, but now they're starting to play each other. But, it, you know, it's, it's health. And you see the Warriors just lost Bogut for who knows how long. They don't know when David Lee's coming back. They still figure out a way to win. Um, if, if everybody stays healthy, yeah. And I, I think that's going to be the one thing that might change the eight teams is, is if somebody suffers some kind of major injury. Which is why I think even last night the Thunder were like, uh, KD, you need to sit out. you know. And he said after the game that they told him that he wasn't going to play. He wanted to play. They had to convince him that it's best that he didn't. So injury, to me, I think is the only thing that could change uh, the playoffs from being any different as far as the 18th than it was a year ago. Well, you said they'd have to start playing each other. We've seen uh, that this week already. What was your favorite game? Last night's Warriors Thunder game or Grizzlies Spurs from a couple of nights ago? You know what? I'm going to have to go with the Grizzlies Spurs. I was at the Thunder Warriors game, and I think I'd be saying that game if Kevin Durant didn't get hurt. He had 30 in the first half. And it, it kind of took some, you know, uh, 
excitement out of the building. I mean, it was like a playoff atmosphere, great game. Durant had 30. I'm like, what is he going to finish with? And then he was gone. Um, but that triple overtime game, I watched that on TV, and that was amazing. Um, Marcus All is playing on a really, really high level. You know, some people may say that Memphis's wins against Golden State and the Spurs have asterisks next to them because the Warriors were missing two starters and the Spurs were missing two starters, but they won the games nonetheless. And, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people may push Memphis up to number one in their power rankings this, this upcoming week, too. Yeah, I don't buy all those asterisks and all that. You either win or you don't win. <laughs> it's too hard yeah. in this league. You know, I'm sorry. So, yeah. my friend, Merry Christmas to you and yours. I, I really appreciate you coming on in a pinch with us today. I knew you'd gain, uh, give me some perspective about the Rondo situation and Certainly wanted to talk to you after those two games we just talked about transpiring already this week. We're not even yet to Christmas when a lot of people really start paying attention. And if you haven't already, um, you're missing out. What a great start to the oh, NBA man. season. I, I tell you what, that says something about how exciting the Western Conference is because, you know, people, even outside of those eight I mentioned, people are excited about Anthony Davis. They're excited about DeMarcus Cousins. Like, they're excited about the scoring. Like, there's nobody in the West, maybe perhaps Utah, but I find them interesting. There's no easy win in the West, and there's nobody you don't want to watch. It's definitely great basketball right now. And usually, like you said, we don't get excited until Christmas shows up, but people are already excited about a lot of the games. He's New Orleans' own, and, of course, he's a must-read if you're an NBA fan at Yahoo Sports. Mark Spears, again, happy holidays. Uh, safe travel for you, and I'll catch up with you very soon. All right, brother. Take care now, man. Happy New Year's. Thank you. Same here. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Saturday, December 20th at 6 p.m. when the Portland Trailblazers come to town. It's holiday time at the Smoothie King Center with the first 8,000 fans receiving a free holiday ornament courtesy of People's Health. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the Monday at 4.30 with music, games for the kids, and a lot more. Tickets start as low as $18. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion. It's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. On Monday, when we come back to you for the Black and Blue Report, we're going to have a lot to talk about, obviously, with two Pelicans games in the books and, of course, the Saints and the Falcons. Uh, and what will, what will we know about the NFC South on Monday? Hope you'll join us for Monday's program. We'll have it all for you, the reaction and uh, the uh, not only the local reaction but the national reaction, too on Monday's Black and Blue Report. We call it No Appointment Radio because it's yours each and every weekday, uh, usually after noon central. There's no hard and fast time. I think some people say, oh, I missed the Black and Blue Report today. No, you didn't because it's yours as a podcast at any point. And many of you already know this. And, of course, it's available on iTunes still for free 
And as always on pelicans.com, neworleansaints.com, and the two-team mobile apps. Um, confession time, Daniel Sowerson. I know that you and yours are celebrating Hanukkah this week. It is the holidays. Um, we're all excited about perhaps a holiday party this weekend or the games or whatever, but I've been living dangerously here. I've been living on the edge here at the office. Reason being is this. See, this time of year, when you walk by the break room, inevitably someone has left some kind of a holiday goodie on the counter. And um, I'm a little skittish sometimes about just, you know, not knowing the source or whatever, but it's really hard to resist that peanut butter chocolate pie thing or Christmas cookies. So in all full disclosure, I have been partaking a little bit, living dangerously, not knowing what could happen. So if I'm not here on Monday, you'll know why. I will be here on Monday. And I'm looking forward to it. Hey, big thanks again to our guest today. Had a great show with John DeShazer, Kevin Burkhart from the NFL on Fox, and Mark Spears from Yahoo. Um, tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, on the radio, of course, Pelicans Radio Network and coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans. Then on Sunday, wall-to-wall coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com and your Saints mobile app for Saints and Falcons. Big, big weekend. Can't say it enough. Go Saints. Go Pelicans. Everybody have a great holiday weekend. I'm Sean Kelly, and thanks again for joining us this week on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.